You're listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live. Welcome back to another edition of Review and Preview, everybody. I'm Kyle Russo alongside my co-host for today's edition of Review and Preview, James Montefusco. James, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. You know, happy to be back with you, Kyle. Should be another exciting show. As it always is, my friend, as it always is. Very exciting tandem. We got an action-packed show for you guys tonight. But first, uh, we have a lot of platforms that we produce this show on. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. We also have a Twitter account as well at Review and Preview. Uh, Facebook as well at Review and Preview Sports. James, talk about our new group that we have on Facebook that we encourage a lot of our listeners and followers to join as well. Yeah, so we have a new group on Facebook. It is called, I just want to get the correct name out there for everybody. Um, it is called, if my phone would load for the name, but you know how that works. It is called the Review and Preview Sports Corner. So make yeah. sure you guys join that. We post our show in it. We post just anything that really comes to anybody's mind and sports related, you guys can post it. It's a fun group that everybody posts in. Just promote each other's podcast. has a lot of fun in it. Um, great content, so we're getting that up and going, which is nice to see um, as another outlet for all different sports. And even just to run questions by in your own podcast or share something that you thought was fun that you saw and, you know, see if other people like it. Yeah, as well, another platform as well for our people who love to listen on the go. Uh, our podcast is accessible on the anchor.fm.com at Review and Preview. Uh, down below, you could obviously see that. That'll be on the ticker for a little while. but. James, as I alluded to earlier, we have an action-packed show for our fans tonight, for our viewers tonight, and we're going to start off as we as we've been doing since the uh, both of us have been on together, just the two of us, the NFL, because that's been one of the hottest topics over the course of this last couple months. So, first off, James, JJ Watt, we talked about it two weeks ago. Yep, he is with a new team. Yes, he is, and he is signed with the Arizona Cardinals. And yes. yes. Well, first off, the details of this contract, he signed a two-year, $31 million deal, $23 million guaranteed in money. He is 31 mm-hmm. years old. James, this came at a little bit of surprise, uh, I feel, for everybody. You know, going into this offseason, hearing the storyline about J.J. Watt, the teams were Cleveland, the Titans, Green Bay, um, uh, other teams. The list goes on and on. Yep. Arizona, as far as I was concerned, never came up in the discussion. Buffalo as well. Arizona never came up in the discussion at all. How surprised were you by this acquisition by the Cardinals? I was quite surprised um, because I, I would I would have thought J.J. would have wanted to go to a contender, like somebody that could be within a contender spot in the next year or so, um, considering he signed a two-year, $31 million contract. 
and he's 31, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it was a little surprising, but looking at it, they got Hopkins over there, his former teammate. They have a young, probably bright star in their quarterback. So to see him go over there, in a way, kind of makes sense. Um, and it's only for a two-year deal, so real, realistically, he'll be 33 when that ends up, 33, 34. So we can sign another contract if he wants to another team. Um, but he might, you know, th- there might have been some other incentives that brought him there. You know, seeing a young quarterback, seeing what they did, you know, adding him on defense might only benefit them and probably boost him up to another level. Yeah, no, yeah. I totally agree with you. And something that, you know, Watt was outspoken about was that he called up Kyler Murray and he said, you know, I'm coming here because I believe in you. Mm-hmm. That was obviously one of the biggest reasons why. But, James, something that I picked up on when you uh, talked about Watt yourself is that you said, you know, you were surprised that he didn't sign with the contender. And I want – this is where I want all the hate to come in from the comment section. This is where I want it to, to flow in. I actually love this signing, Tom Scavetta back with D-Hop. Yep. I think D-Hop on Twitter about a month ago came out and said her Instagram, and he was like uh, – Let's finish what we started. And that was like on February 16th. And he winded up, you know, signing with the Arizona Cardinals. But this is where I want the hate to flood in, from, from my opinion. So I actually love the signing, I think, than any other team that he could have potentially signed with. Mm-hmm. And let me explain. This might take me a few minutes. Let me explain. Yeah. So Buffalo, for, existence, uh, for example, right? Example. Yep. Maybe Watt goes there. J.J. Watt's 31 years old. Yes, Buffalo has a great defense, but on that defensive line, he'd be the star guy. At this yeah. point in career, at this point in his career, he's not he's not that guy. He's he's a nice complimentary piece. I don't think he could be the number one. On top of the fact in the AFC, I don't think that's the piece that pushes Buffalo over Kansas City. In fact, I don't I don't know really realistically what can push a team in Kansas City. So I don't think that would have been a a smart move by him as he probably would have been the cornerstone piece on the defense. Mm-hmm. The Titans, for example, we saw how their defense got absolutely obliterated by one player in Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think J.J. Watt, at this point in his career, oh, even though he's still a fantastic player, is going to be the, the resolution to their problems. Even though it would have been nice. On top of the fact, J.J. Watt's a very humble guy. I don't think that he wanted any revenge in signing within the conference or the division of which formerly with the Houston Texans that he'd want to play them two times a year and, and show them any hatred or try to hurt them in any which way. I don't think he's that type of person. So I don't think that was ever in consideration. Cleveland as well, with my same point with Buffalo. Cleveland is a great young team. I don't think J.J. Watt on that defensive front puts them over the edge. I don't mm-hmm. think he does. That's my personal opinion. Green Bay where it gets interesting. Green Bay, you could make the argument that having him alongside Preston Smith, Zedaria Smith, might have pushed them over the edge. Yeah. And I think this, this is a couple factors going into it. I think that J.J. Watt looked at a team in Green Bay and mm-hmm. probably seriously considered it. And I think that coming from an organization which gave him such, you know, such terrible ownership and, and you know, Treatment of the players. I think that in a draft of last year where Aaron Rodgers is just coming off the NFC Championship game, losing to the 49ers, I'm not talking about this past year, but the year before that, 
And yet they decide to draft his replacement in that draft. Mm -hmm. I think that if I'm J.J. Watt, I get scared off because I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy. So what's to say that Green Bay, let's say after the season, Mm -hmm. is going to still remain a contender if they go to Jordan Love potentially? That's true. Now now I'm going to jump into why I love the Arizona deal so much. Arizona, I look at this division and I say, yes, it might be one of the toughest divisions now coming into this year. But come next year, I think it could be in Arizona's hands to lose. I'll explain Mm -hmm. why. You look at the 49ers, right? The 49ers are crumbling at the minute. They lost Robert Sala, who is, you know, the defense is what got them to the Super Bowl. It was not offense by any stretch of the imagination. They lost him. He was the hype man. He was the reason on that defensive side of the ball why they were as successful as they were. The defense is also starting to age a little bit. As you saw, they don't have a guy in uh, DeForest Buckner anymore. Traded him to the Colts. They're going to lose a guy in Richard Sherman because he's not going to be back. They're going to lose other pieces, which made them so successful. You go to the offensive side of the ball as well. Who did Robert Sala bring over with him to the Jets from the 49ers organization? The offensive coordinator in Matt LaFleur. So the offense is going to falter a little bit, I think, even though they have a guy in Kyle Shanahan. And you don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be either. Now you look at the Seahawks, right? Russell Wilson, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Is he going to remain with the Seahawks? His name is now coming to question where he's saying that he would happily accept a trade to the Chicago Bears, which we'll talk about in a little bit. He's not happy in Seattle. But Seattle is so cap-struck that they cannot do anything to really necessarily improve the situation. The only way in which they can improve is if they draft well and they don't have any draft picks, or if they offload Wilson, which will offload money, and they'll get a lot of picks back in return. So Seattle... If that happens in Seattle, Seattle and the NFC West instantly, in my opinion, becomes the worst team in the NFC West. Yeah. Then you look at the Rams, right? I was a huge advocate for Matthew Stafford. I love Matthew Stafford on that team. Absolutely mm. love it. The Rams are another team, though, have zero flexibility. This is the team they have. They don't have a lot of depth. If somebody goes hurt, we saw what happens. The team falters. The team lacks. Matthew Stafford is a, team, is a guy who's been injured his entire career. That's why he necessarily hasn't gotten the credit that he deserves in terms of his stats and his performances. Now, the Rams do have one of the best, I think, third in uh, offensive protection in comes to the passing game. So I don't think that's necessarily going to be an issue. But he's also an older quarterback, and he's a free agent in two years. Mm-hmm. Are the Rams going to bring back a 35-year-old guy? Who knows? And that's when I look at the Arizona Cardinals, and I say they are one of the youngest teams in the NFL – They have a lot of great talent. J.J. Watt went to a guy in Kyler Murray, went to a guy in DeAndre Hopkins, and asked probably, you know, is this a good organization? Is this good ownership? Is this good management? Can I trust this? And I think that they obviously convinced him, especially DeAndre Hopkins coming from the Texans organization, which has been deemed as dysfunctional, knows the answer is yes, that this organization is clear-headed, all on the same page, wants to win. That's the ultimate goal. A lot of people as well, and a team that I forgot to talk about as well, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was a team that people linked J.J. Watt to. This is why I love, and I looked into it a little bit, this is why I love the Steel even more to the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona, James, they have $17 million in cap space this year, which is a little bit. It's a decent amount. Not not too much room to really make any big splashes, but guess how much money they have next offseason, James, with not really losing any of your cornerstone pieces in a guy like a Buda Baker, 
and a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins and a guy like Kyler Murray. Guess how much they have? Take a guess. Just take a shot in the dark. Fifty million. Ninety million dollars. You know, I was I was going to say a hundred million, but I'm like, you know, that's going to be too high. Really, ninety million dollars with keeping some of your key cornerstone pieces. They have ninety million dollars to spend. And you know why people said he was going to go to Pittsburgh, James, so he could link up and play with his brothers. Well, guess what? Guess who's a free agent in 2022, which is the second year of JJ Watt's contract. TJ. TJ's a free agent, and TJ, when he decides to break the bank and hold the Steelers accountable and make him get paid, he's going to make it difficult. Listen, could they throw the franchise tag on him? Absolutely. I'm not saying that's not a possibility. They also got to worry about Minka Fitzpatrick, who's going to reset the safety market. So maybe if TJ gives him a hard time, that's who they're going to focus and allocate their money towards. But if TJ becomes a free agent and you're Arizona with $90 million, pick up TJ, man, and look and, for Arizona. And Pittsburgh might Arizona. Pittsburgh might not even be uh, after Big Ben, you know, if this is Big Ben's last year. Listen, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is 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 screwed. I think. They, I think they, yeah, they're going to have their own problems coming soon. Never. Oh well. Uh, this is the uh, the the Steeler fan. That Sal, I hate to say it, but they are they are screwed. They are screwed. Big Ben is has hurt them cap wise. I know they have a lot coming off the books, but this is a team that is going to take years, I think, to rebuild whether that's through the draft, because that's what they normally do. And Sal, you could advocate for that as well. They, they aren't a team that's bringing in free agents. They're a team that drafts well. Everybody that's on that roster, they've pretty much drafted, right? James Washington, uh, Juju, uh, James Conner, Ben, uh, Villanueva, DeCastro, Pouncey, who just retired. Everybody on that defense, right? Bud Dupree, J.J., Stefan Tuitt, Cam Hayward. The list goes on and on. Oh, it does. The list goes on and on. They're not a team that's – not that they don't spend money, but it's a team that necessarily isn't – Ben is done after this year. Absolutely. He's not coming back. I'm not saying they're not going to have the money. They'll have the money. But they're a team that is going to have to literally build up from the bottom because of how much money they've invested into Big Ben. And that yeah. person, I don't think it's going to pan out that well, especially because they haven't even renegotiated his contract. But that's why getting back on track, I think that the J.J. Watt deal is so good. Because Arizona, again, was a team, I think they went 8-8 eight and eight this season. Oh, uh, yeah. And Kyler Murray in the last couple games got injured. Mm-hmm. If he would have played, I'm not saying they would have won both the games that he was injured in, but if he would have won one of those games, he would have been 9-7 and seven and potentially could have been a wild card team. Now, if you're telling me another year of chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray and a little improvement upon the defense, which I think we'll see, and some draft picks as well. They hold the 16th overall pick in this year in this year's draft. They are going to be a team. I'm not going to say it's going to be there this year. I think they'll make the playoffs this year in a deep NFC West. But I think they will be there come 2022 because of their young youngness, because of the availability they have in money flexibility-wise. They will be there. And I like that signing a lot. And especially when it comes down to this as well. Because everybody's saying that J.J. Watt could have been the missing piece. I hate to break it to everybody. Nobody's beating Kansas City. Nobody's beating Tampa as long as Tom Brady's there. Yeah. But knowing that Patrick Mahomes is the younger of the two, being in the AFC is not going to help J.J. in his career. Moving to the NFC is going to help him. Because why? Drew is done. Aaron Rodgers may be done in a year in Green Bay. Russell Wilson may be done in a year in Seattle. 
Matthew Stafford only has two more years left with the Rams. What is he going to be? Tom Brady, again, we joke about it, but realistically, what? Maybe another two years or so? No, no, another 10. On it? Another 10. Another 10? But you get what I'm saying. Arizona yeah, has the most upside in terms of the next outlook of these next two, three years. That's my personal opinion. And again, even when his contract does expire after two years, he's only going to be 33 years old. He's still young enough to relatively play in the NFL probably another three, four seasons. I think so. Especially being in a hot weather environment. That's another thing as well, guys. He's only played in the AFC South. He's played in indoor Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Texans is indoor. That's eight games a season. Jacksonville, which is outdoor, but that's Florida. And Tennessee, which is sunny all the time down in Nashville. He's doing the same thing again. Playing in Arizona, eight games a year. San Francisco, California. Indoor stadium for the Rams. And Seattle, if you catch him in the earlier part of the season, that's 11 games right there that you get in nice weather. That's another part to extend his career as well. I think this is smart. So those are all the reasons why I get ripped apart for that opinion. But I think this might have been one of the best choices that he could have had potentially for the extension of his career, for the chance to compete for a Super Bowl at this point in time without you know tagging yourself to a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team or a Kansas City Chiefs team. I think this was one of the best decisions that he could have made for his career, aside from any of the other teams that we had listed in previous weeks or that had been. Now, James, after I just had that whole discussion with myself, for I don't even know how long. Any any say in, in J.J. Watt signing with Arizona? No, it makes sense. I mean, you listed off some good key points that realistically, I didn't go too much digging into this trade just yet, but by him playing in a dome in Arizona, then going to visit another all-hot-weather teams minus whatever you come up to New York or wherever you, else you go, it's only going to help him. And yeah. Due to some of his injuries, it might only benefit benefit him because he doesn't have to his body doesn't have to deal with some of that harsh biting cold that a lot of the other players do, like his brothers in Pittsburgh have to deal with. Um so it makes sense. I mean, who knows? They they could go ten and six or nine and seven again this year, make the playoffs and maybe go a deeper run. You know, and just adding one key on key piece on defense. I mean, we've seen it all throughout the league. You just add one key on key person on defense or offense, and it takes a team from that was here to up here and changes the whole attitude of that organization and of that team, of the players as well. So, listen, congrats to him. I liked how he, his post was source me of him working yeah. out in an Arizona Cardinals jersey. Um, you know, good stuff for him. So we'll see what he does. I'm sure he'll have a monster season over in Arizona. Yeah, and I've talked enough about J.J. Watt in this and uh, his decision over the course of the last couple of weeks. To move on, and we're going to talk about uh, – oh, quickly, oh. Sam. Quick comment from Sam Cardona. I don't think you're wrong at all, Kyle. I would have been so surprised if J.J. ended up with the Steelers because they're all so poor right now. Yep, I think they're yeah. – what was it? They're $40, 50000000 million uh, – in debt right now, in uh, over the cap or something like that. Yeah, they the have cap, a lot yeah. of money coming off the books. But again, they're a team that builds through the draft. They're not a team that's going to be, you know, this is not Miami, Florida. This is Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steel City, cold, gritty. Yes, great town for football. Great organization run by the Rooney family. Historic franchise, one of the best of all time. But again, is this going to be an active 
I want to play for the Steelers, especially when they're in such a, a blow-up rebuild. I don't think that's going to be a team when they have as much money as they're going to have is going to be a team that a lot of people are going to want to sign with, personally. That's my, that's my personal opinion. But we'll see what happens. James, we're going to move on into another right. right here. Dak Prescott. Moving on so, Dak. All right. Dak has come out and he has said that he wants Patrick Mahomes type money. Close to Patrick Mahomes type money. So that's, uh, I think he said $45 million a year. Yeah, okay, sure. $45 million okay. a year. Uh-huh. So as, as the look of disgust, James, express it fully, uh, your, your opinion on Dak Prescott asking for this type of money. Come on, man. You were injured the whole season, and that was a gruesome injury. I understand, yes, you are a very good quarterback. Yes, you do. You are very well known down down in Dallas, and since you're considered America's team, you know, the whole country sometimes loves you. Not me. That minus me included. Yes, Tom, Dak is whack. Yes, he is. For him asking for that much money, didn't it wasn't last year he was like trying to get eighty million dollars or something from Jerry Jones and Dallas. Oh. He, he was asking for some absurd contract too last year. Listen, you're coming off injury, bud. You don't. You, your offensive line isn't what it was when you enter the league, Zeke. I don't know what's going on, with Zeke, because he, he's been he's, going down ever since he entered the NFL. He's decreased exactly. He, he's been going downhill, and considering he have you know his um. His BFF on at quarterback, he's been looking disgusting. You, you have a slew of wide receivers, which is phenomenal. But if you can't stay upright, it's not going to make a difference. So realistically, Dak, you got to take a lesser pay. Yeah, you 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 might deserve it, but you don't deserve it right now. You're coming off of a big injury that ended your season. Let's see how you play this year. You're not playing against that great wall of uh, of Dallas anymore. You're playing of a reconstructed older line. Zeke is a lot older. He he looked terrible this year, in my opinion. If Stephen A. was on this show, I'm pretty sure he would do his little skit what he does uh, when he talks about the Dallas Cowboys. But that that's Tom that's says Dak. it's best. Dak is whack, a hundred percent. Listen, but I understand you want the money, but I don't know. And then uh, Sal comes. I got news for you. If he doesn't hurt, get hurt, he doesn't get hurt. Not that owns the Cowboys, pays him one hundred percent. Agreed, Jerry. He's talking about Jerry Jones. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah agreed. And uh, then his sister oh. in the comment section. She listened oh, to me. sister. All right, sis. You know what? After the show, I'll just talk to you upstairs. Um, we need to have a serious conversation. Th- thanks for watching, sis. I love you. But uh, yes. Uh, Let's go Cowboys. No, sis. You know what? That's it. I'm disowning you, too. Love you, though. Uh, Tom, another one on a serious note. I think he should play on play on the tag of tw- in 2021. I agree with you, Tom, because you ultimately have to see what he does. If he doesn't perform what he used to perform with this injury, are you? is Jerry Jones going to be willing to hold that much cap and that much money in one player that ultimately may not pan out to what he used to be? Um, but that's my rant, Kyle. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the advocate here for oh jeez for Dak Prescott. I'm not listen. Oh. Nobody deserves that type of money, and I'm not advocating for him to get paid forty five million dollars. Not advocating that at all. But I hold, am on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, how about them Cowboys? Bosh, buddy, 
Come on, man. Really? You too? How about them Cowboys? Uh, I don't think so either. When I yeah, see you're gonna you next to, You're going to have to disown a couple people after the show. I really am. I have to disown my own sister. I have to disown one of my friends. You know what, man? Jeez. Love you guys too. No, but, but for real, Kyle, continue. I'm going to advocate a little bit in terms of getting your money, right? So, James, I'm going to quickly go down with you right now, just, just the entire NFL. Right? We're going yeah. to go with the quarterback spectrum. We're going to go through the entire NFL right now. Okay, so we're going to start it off in the AFC, personally. We're going to start We're going to start it off in the AFC, right, James? Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to compare Dak to the quarterbacks in which these other teams play for. Okay. The entire NFL. Yeah. And you're going to tell me if you'd rather have Dak or not, because this is going to be my argument. Okay. And I'm going to take a little bit of note. We'll take a little bit of notes. So give me, give me one second. All right. Get your pad, out. your paper out. You know, you make sure you're in class. We're gonna keep track of it, right? Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna go first with the AFC. We're gonna start it off hot with the AFC East, right? So Buffalo, Josh Allen okay. or Dak? Josh Allen. There you go. Okay. Tua or Dak? After this season with Tua, I would take Dak. Yeah, I would take Dak. Right. New England doesn't have a quarterback, so we'll just skip them as a team because <laughs> take Dak over that. The Jets right now, Sam Darnold or Dak? Shit. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to go, you're taking Dak there. You're taking Dak. Yeah. Okay. Big Ben right now or Dak? Big Ben. Really? Oh, that's a, okay. If Big you're Ben taking- had better receivers other than Juju dancing on everything – I think Big Ben would be better. I'm just going to put this out there. Big Ben, when he was younger, back like seven years ago, had Le'Veon Bell and Tony Brown never won a Super Bowl. So, well, that's with those true. guys, with those guys. So, I'll but put when Ben down. The, the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. Ninety-six, ninety-five. I have no so. idea. I have no idea. Whatever. But I'll put Ben down there. Okay, so that's two quarterbacks: Lamar yeah. Jackson or Dak. Lamar. Baker or Dak? Baker. Burrow or Dak? Burrow. I have faith in Burrow. All right. Actually surprised me a little bit with these takes because I disagree with a lot of them. But anyway, (laughs) Tannehill or Dak? Ryan Tannehill has a monster in the backfield, so it's Dak. Carson Wentz or Dak? <laughs> I'm going to go with Dak. There. Yeah, I have to go with Dak. Yeah. All right, Deshaun Watson or Dak? Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Now Jacksonville. I mean, it's gonna it's it's Trevor Lawrence, but you know, just it's it's Dak in that case, right? Because he hasn't played an NFL. Dak. He hasn't played. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes or Dak? Take Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, of course. Derek Carr or Dak? Derek Carr. I don't know if this is helping my – this is definitely hurting my point because, James, you're putting in a lot of interesting factors. Justin Herbert or Dak? Justin Herbert's young. He looked pretty good. I'm going Justin. Oh, my God. Uh, Denver or Dak? Denver or Dak. Denver doesn't have a quarterback. Drew Locke. So, Drew Locke or Dak? Dak. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so now we're going to move into the NFC. All right. I don't even have to say 
the NFC East, and you better not say. Yeah, that's right, Sal. No way, car over Dak. I'm going to take that off. That was a that was a dumb one. All right. Anyway, I don't even have to say the NFC East because you better not take anybody in the NFC East over Dak. That's that's not even me being mean. Hold on. I mean, it's not even comparable. Alex Smith. He's he's getting released by the team. I know that, but if he wasn't, I would have taken Alex Smith. I'm just saying no quarterback at that point because he's not with the team. All right, Green Bay, A-Rod or Dak? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, A-Rod. The other A-Rod. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky or Dak? You better not say it. I swear. I don't care that Andy's probably watching. Say the truth, James. (laughs) Dak. There you go. Kirk Cousins or Dak? Oof. It's not even an oof, but the, you, you go oof, whatever you want. <laughs> Dak. There you go. Jared Goff or Dak? Goff. Jesus, James, you're, you're disappointing me here, but okay. All right, New Orleans, it's going to be probably Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston over Dak. So you, you, you choose between those two. It shouldn't even be a choice. Jameis Winston and Hill combined. <laughs> it's, Woody, it's, it's Dak, buddy. It's Dak. I'm not even writing this down. Tom what Brady a, or Dak? You put Tom Brady. You know what? No, no, not Tom Brady. It's it's Dak. Okay, so we could go for Jameis Winston over Dak, but not Tom Brady. <laughs> no, it's Tom Brady. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater or Dak? Teddy Bridgewater. Dude, what are you doing here? Is it, no. Matt Ryan or Dak? Dak. Wow. Okay. Russell Wilson or Dak? Russell. Russell. I'm just going to put it out here. Matthew Stafford or Dak? It's Matthew. Right? Matthew. Kyler or Dak? Kyler. Jimmy G or Dak? I'm going to go with Dak. So right now, I'm going to do a little adjusting to your list because I strongly disagree with a decent amount of them. I was surprised, actually. I'm going to eliminate Big Ben from that because I think that you'd rather have that. I'm going to say that Ryan Tannehill, although he's good, I think that people would prefer his quarterback play versus Dak because I think that Ryan Tannehill is as successful as he is because of Derrick Henry. Yep. I'm going to eliminate Derrick Carr because that was my goodness. That was that was a that was a scorching hot take. Yeah, yeah, no way. And even though Justin Herbert had a great rookie season, it's one season. So I'm going to go and take Dak. So right now, with this list right now, and even I'm going to eliminate Burrow as well. Because Burrow had one season, and you want to talk about gruesome injury? That man literally tore his leg up in the first season of his career, eight games in. So I'm going to take Burrow on. Yes, agreed. So we're going to go down this list right now: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, nine quarterbacks. Cousins over Dak? Absolutely not. No. No. Uh, fine, fine. Put Cousins over Dak. So 10, right? Yeah. Dak is a top 10 quarterback, according to that list that we just assembled. And Kyle had it a little bit. He had to. Had to have it. Dak is a top right. 10 quarterback. If you have a top 10 quarterback in this league, according to everything that we just listed, mm-hmm. and you also got to take into accountability – that some of this list had some older players on there as well, right? Like a Matthew Stafford, a Tom Brady. So we're talking about long-term investment right now. 
Yeah. So really look at a Dak within the top seven, top eight quarterbacks in the league right now based on age and ability. Mm -hmm. You lock him up whatever you have to do. I understand that it's egregious that he's asking for $45 million, but this is what I have to say to rebuttal that statement. Okay. You know how offensive it probably was to see Jalen Smith, who ripped up his leg, get paid before him? Laleo Collins get played before him, the tackle? Tyron Smith get paid before him? Ezekiel Elliott, who decided to stay out and spend his time in, in Cabo in order to get paid instead of Dak, the franchise quarterback? Amari Cooper, who had a half a good season with the Dallas Cowboys and then got paid? A year and a half and then got paid? It's offensive at this point. That's how I view it when I look at Dak. That you have been taking this on some type of offensive level. That is, it is offensive that you have your franchise quarterback right in front of your face and you've been disrespecting him since day one. His first season in the NFL, James, I said it last week, 13-3, and three, led them mm-hmm. to the playoffs as a fourth or fifth round pick at a Mississippi State. And you know what? After that season, you know what the conversation was coming out of Jerry Jones' mouth? Well, Tony Romo still has a chance to start for this team. Why is that even a question? Why is that even a question? Dak Prescott is the franchise quarterback of this team in a division that stinks when it comes to quarterbacks right now. This guy can rule your division, but you keep on messing around with him for some reason. Yes, Tom, you could tag him, absolutely. But that's only going to screw you even further because you've already tagged him. So you tag him again, that'll put $35 million just for this one year probably on him. And then if you decide after playing games with him for the past four years, oh, we want to pay him again? Then you're building yourself up right back to that $40 million a year mark that you didn't want to have to do. So you're only playing with this guy for no reason. There are 32 teams in the NFL, and we just listed. Only eight guys, nine guys would you rather have at the quarterback position than Dak Prescott. Why do you have a top 10 guy for America's team? You have paid everybody else, who I'm not going to say was less deserving, but Dak proved more than all. You're messing with your franchise quarterback. Well, do I get it? No. That's because that that's because uh, the Cowboys like like ex cons and stuff to be paid like stupid money, and Dak isn't an ex con or like he hasn't done anything bad. He's actually probably done a lot good for the Dallas community, and if not more, that I don't know that that that's my best guess on it. But I see where you're saying that he is a top quarterback. You're playing around with him, ultimately. If I was him, I would see if I could start look shopping around, seeing what other team is willing to take me. That knowing the stats I have, yes, minus this one year of me getting injured on a week, whatever it was when he played the Giants. But the fact that they're playing around, I would be like, all right, if you're playing around this long, I might as well just see who's out there, see if my agent can make a few calls, see if the guys I know throughout the league wants to is knows anything from their coaching staff, knows anything of their organization, if they would be interested in Dak, in a trade even. Maybe that's easier for the Cowboys and Jerry Jones to to settle. That you trade away Dak for whatever it is, for a few first round, second round picks, whatever, and Dak makes 40 to 35 to 40 million a year. He gets what he wants to an organization that probably actually cares and wants to win now, not what Dallas is doing. 
And then Tom's comment. How can you how can you invest long term in a player right now who just had the severity of the injury that he had? Tom easily said, You invested long term in Tyron Smith, right? Who's had injury plagued season after injury plagued season back problems, which is even worse personally, especially as a tackle in this league. You invested long term in a running back, which we all know has a shelf life for seven, eight good years. You yep. paid him in his fourth year. After he's declined steadily every single season since entering the NFL, you paid him. You paid Amari Cooper as the highest paid receiver in football after being with the Raiders and being tagged as a guy who dropped passes every single time the ball was targeted towards him. That's why you got traded in the first place. But you paid him the biggest receiver contract of all time. Jalen Smith screwed up his leg. What He like tore his ACL, right? But you still like paid him way before he even became a free agent. Yeah. So I don't want to hear the severity of Dak's injury. Because if Dak, again, if he comes back healthy, which he will be, most likely, he should be paid. And we're not talking about now. Dak has been, this conversation about Dak getting paid has been had the last two, three, four years. I'm not saying they won't do it. They will more than likely will because that's the Dallas way. Mm-hmm. I'm not disagreeing with you. Kyle's on the money with all the comparisons. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, again, this is not me tooting my own horn, but you did it with everybody else, where everybody else had more falter to their game, mm-hmm. had worse injuries mm-hmm. consistently. Because, besides, uh, that's the argument that Dak Prescott had. That's the argument that he had before the severity of this injury, which, you know, the Giants, you know, Logan Ryan, it was, it was a good tackle, but killed him on the tackle. He had never missed a game in his life. He had never missed a game. And besides this injury, he has never missed a game. And if they give him a good offensive line, which they did not, you see how he performs. Dak Prescott, even an awful offensive line this year in the five games. And really worst political defenses ever in the history of the NFL. It was giving up at that point in the season 35 points a game. Was still managing to put up 100, 100 yards. On unbelievable completion percentage, still throwing a tremendous amount of touchdowns. Had nine touchdowns in four games. Had one one or two interceptions. He's a great quarterback. He should get paid. Is he going to get $45 million? Should he get $45 million? No. No. Keep on messing around with a guy like the Dallas Cowboys have since day one that he suited up for him. I can't argue with him trying to get his money. I can't. I can't. And in mm-hmm. fact, it would be stupid for them to tag him again. If mm-hmm. they tag him again, they're only going to increase the value of Dak Prescott because then when it comes to that $40 million number, he's not going to be too out of the ballpark for asking for it because another franchise tag is going to put him at around $35, 36000000 million this year if you do it again. So it's not egregious. It's not stupid. That's what I think that they should do. That's what I think they should have done three years ago, but they didn't. And now they put themselves – in a tough situation where you say, if I don't pay this guy, what do I do? Because I have everybody else that's killing me on the cap as they slowly decline in Tyron Smith, Jalen Smith, who was not good this year, Zeke, who has not been good basically since year one, year two. What are you supposed to do with no quarterback in all that town? And you can't get a quarterback, remember, because you have no money to spend. You need him there. You saw the way the fan base 
treated him. You saw the way the fan base reacted when he got hurt. You saw the way the opposing team reacted when he got hurt. That's how much he means to that franchise. We saw what happened when Dak Prescott got hurt. The game after that, they got slaughtered by the Washington football team. And, and, and Mike McCarthy was immediately on the hot seat. Dak Prescott is the engine behind this train and this organization, and they need him there. Exactly. Any QB listed ahead of him age 37 or older should come off the list. You were talking long-term, not two years. Exactly. Uh, you see what the that offense looks like with the red rifle behind center. Not too good. Exactly why you pay. He's talking about Andy, Andy Dalton James. Yeah. That's exactly why you repay him. That's exactly what you do. And, James, we can have this discussion on and on and on. And I guarantee you that we will as free agency comes because I would not be surprised if they do so tag him again. But moving on. Because that was a nice right. discussion. That was fun. That was Listen, fun. Man. These I things like, have I like to be said. They have to be said. Russell Wilson, as we alluded to earlier, would accept the trade to Chicago. According to you know himself, he's been vocal about it. You know, he mm-hmm. called the called out basically the Seahawks, is not happy with yeah. his role in the organization. I heard a report that back in November they were in a meeting and he suggested some offensive play calling. Completely got him down, and he walked out of the room, and that was really what started this whole uh, crumbling from the inside of the organization. And what I don't get is this, and this is where Seattle faltered right from the minute. A couple years back, James, they traded Max Unger away from Jimmy Graham, and that was the immediate downfall of this offensive line, and they'd never been able to gain sustainability back once again. Yeah. And I get it that Russell Wilson got his money, right? And it was well-deserved, every single penny of it, mm-hmm. every single penny. And I might be exaggerating a little bit there because I think that, you know, any any person making that much money a year to pay a total potentially of 20 games, 19 games, and that's if you make it to the Super Bowl, is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It is a lot Not of money. Not Tom Brady, yes. Tom Brady is the – see, you want to know why Tom Brady is as successful as he was? is because for I don't even know how many years, the highest annual average pay that he had on the Patriots was $18 million. Yeah, it was eight, yeah, 18, 19. 18 million. That's how much Tom Brady was. Almost a guaranteed Super Bowl was $18 million. Excuse me, per year. And now he's finally paying Tampa $25 million a year in the latter part of his career, and he just came off the Super Bowl. But anyway, back on track, Russell Wilson. They have drafted another team that has been awful drafting. I think I talked about this before where you look at the history of their first-round picks the last couple of years. They cannot draft in the first round. No, they can't. They cannot. They have blown so many first-round picks, and it has been insane how poorly they have actually drafted. They've nailed guys like Tyler Lockett. They've Mm -hmm. nailed guys like DK Calf. Chris Carson is a nice piece, but I think he's a free agent as well. And they've only further hindered themselves because of how much they gave up to get a guy from the Jets and Jamal Adams. Not that Jamal Adams isn't a great player. I think he's a top three, top five safety in the NFL. And he's a guy that does a lot more than play the safety position for a defense. But when you've invested that type of money, that type of capital into one player, what happens is the rest of your team isn't so great. And that's what happened. Seattle's defense was absolutely atrocious for pretty much the entirety of the season and pretty much lost any game unless Russell Wilson was not putting up 35 points himself, which he was doing for the first half of the season, kind of fell off in the second half a little bit. 
Yeah. But this is the problem that I see with Russell Wilson is that not that any team wouldn't love to have him because I think you can make the argument that 25 of the NFL team should be interested in a guy of Russell Wilson's caliber, no matter what age he is, 33 or not, 32 or not, I think he is. They should be interested because those other 25 teams don't have a quarterback even close to the caliber that Russell Wilson is. can carry mm-hmm. a team on his back. We've seen that. But the problem that I see is that any team that trades for Russell Wilson is going to have to give up a lot of draft capital and yep. probably some players in return. So what team is stacked enough, has the depth to give up that type of capital, that type of money, those types of players to get him, get him and not be that affected on the football field when they actually go on to play? That's where I think the problem is. You look at a team like Chicago, which he says he was a, a, a trade to. Chicago ultimately has nothing on the offense. The offensive line is bad. They had Montgomery looked good in the second half of the season. That's about it. Allen Robinson's a free agent. Anthony Miller's okay. Jimmy Graham is not there anymore. I don't think I think he signed a one-year deal. They really don't have anything on the offense. They're going to have to give up defensive pieces. That's been the cornerstone of this team forever. If you're telling me you have to give up a Khalil Mack for Russell Wilson, I don't know if you do that. I don't know if you could afford to do that. Because bottom line is this, is that you could wait out Aaron Rodgers you want. I don't think that's necessarily going to make you the winner in the NFC North, personally. I don't think that's going to be the case scenario if that's the type of team he goes to. I don't know what other teams are interested, personally. Because, again, I think he's a player that has a no-trade clause where he could choose where he wants to go. I've heard Seattle, I've heard Saints, potentially. It would be nice, but again, you'd have to give him a lot to get him. You could potentially see Michael Thomas in that trade, an Alvin Kamara in that trade. And ultimately, if you add pieces like that, how good are they going to be as a team without those pieces and just Russell Wilson? I don't know. That's where I think that Russell Wilson is in a tough predicament right now, where I think that he wants to be in Seattle, but they've hurt him a little bit the last couple years of his career where they're just not giving him anything. And then when they pay him, they don't – They don't. Uh, a guy who has the best deep ball in football – a guy who's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league the last sev- several years, and you're not allowing him to have any offensive say in the game, in the uh, the room. I think yeah. that's unbelievable, personally. But but the, the Seahawks have a lot of problems considering they're no longer the Legion of Boom. They're no longer what they used to be in yep. the early 2000. 10, a lot, you know, around that time period. Um, I think this also, in my mind, you kind of saw it when Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and a few other guys in that picture were confused that the Giants were able to hold them to, what was it, 12 points or whatever it came out to be and beat them. Um, I think that was also a time of concern because it's like you look at the Giants team at that time, maybe we had three wins if that, you know, I – I can't remember because of how much other stuff that went on in between, but you look at that and they, they're all thinking, Oh, easy win, easy win. We come in there, we pretty much shut them down and we take the W. Um, I think that was also a concerning point. I think also the fact that if you can't let a veteran quarterback make play calls or suggest different play calls that are seeing the defense on the field in live time. Yes, even though the coaches are in a booth, they're on the sideline seeing it live time. Um, it's different behind center. 
um, and can't make, you know, can't talk about that. Um, in either a coach's meeting or an offensive meeting or whatever meeting, um, that's always red flags that go up only because it's like you, you have a guy that's been with you so long. It's not like a fresh new guy, not a first year guy coming in being like, oh, these are the plays I want to call. Be like, but you haven't even played yet. But for Russell Wilson to come in asking that and then getting denied, I see his frustration. I would see why he wanted to be traded because then ultimately you feel like that organization no longer has your back or no longer respects you or, or any of the ideas going forward. So. That's why, and, and Harrison and I say real quick, James, before we move on a little bit, is that uh, something I don't understand with organizations, right? And, and this people say, and people have the backs of the ownership, and people have, and some people have the backs of the players, but there's no real in between. And for me, I see the players arguing a lot more than I see the owners. This is why. If you're telling me that you're going to invest that type of money in me, you can't tell me when it comes to, you know, I'm the quarterback. I, you know, I run this offense. Everything goes through me. You're going to tell me I can't have any say in what I'm doing with, you know, my quarterback play. That's yeah. like saying, you know, look at the Deshaun Watson situation real quick before we move on. Everybody says Deshaun Watson, you know, play for the Texans. Do what you have to do. It's a new general manager. It's a new coach. You know, you signed on the dotted line. You signed the contract. Whatever. Play for the team that you signed for. You you signed with them. That's the team you got to play for. Deal with it. Yeah. Answer your question. You think that he would have signed the contract if he knew Bill O'Brien was going to trade away his number one weapon a month later? Probably, Probably not. not. Probably not. Probably not. You think that he would have signed that contract if that he knew when uh, Bill O'Brien was going to last four games that he would have absolutely no say in the coaching hiring? Probably, Probably not. not. Probably not. If he was told that he was going to be lied to, because that's what's been reported, that he was lied to about the firing of somebody, East of Bay, I believe it was, because he was apparently supposed to be fired as part of the agreement. And apparently he was on the plane as they went to go hire David Culley, the new <laughs> head coach. If he was told that and lied to, you think that if he knew that, he would have signed on the dotted line? Probably no. not. So yes, he signed with the Texans organization, but as much as you know, there might have been stipulations in the in the agreement with it. There were also thoughts in his head to why you signed that contract long term because you believe in that organization and what they're doing because of what they've shown you. And then when they completely throw you for a 180 and hinder your career, I'm sorry, that's not what I signed up for. That's where I don't fault them because that's not what they ultimately signed up for. When you're investing that type of money in a player, that means you trust them and to do what it takes to be the leader of this organization and to represent them on the best scale possible. When you personally hurt them, like, not doing the best interest of your own organization. I'm going to move on. So, James, in other news, multiple executives believe foregone. it is a foregone conclusion that uh, the Patriots will trade start cornerback Stephon Gilmore in the offseason. Okay. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Yep. Stephon Gilmore still one of the top corners in the league. Uh, Patriots could get a haul for him. I think he's 32 coming off an injury, but he's still mm. one of the best corners in football. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I said it earlier. Alex Smith is expected to be released from the Washington football team. Um, James, what will the Washington football team do at quarterback? We saw that they brought they have Kyle Allen. We saw that, you know, Taylor Heineke, they signed him to a two-year extension. But I see them drafting a guy. I know we talked about this uh, when we did our quarterback carousel segment a little bit ago. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I see them drafting a guy, rebuilding from the start in, in that position because we already know they have a great defense. I just got to get that quarterback solidified. But uh, any words upon Washington's decision? No, it, it stinks because Alex Smith comes back and played pretty much out of his mind, comeback player of the year, and it's only be let go by Washington. But he, I think it might only help him figure out everything in his life on decisions. Does he want to continue to play football or does he want to be with his family more and not risk such a gruesome injury and so long of getting back on the field? Washington has some questions. Uh, does Taylor Heineke start in week one? We'll find out. Or do they go after a quarterback? To be determined. We will see. We will see, right? Only time will tell. And to wrap us up with the NFL segment, James, a couple little notes. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, linebacker for the Miami Dolphins, gets released one year into his four-year deal. Mm. It was a four-year deal, $51 million contract. I was actually surprised by this. He had a very good season at the linebacker position. Six sacks, 43 tackles. I think a total of 60-something or 70-something. So very surprising there, considering the defense was one of the best parts of their team last season. Yeah. Look out for Miami as they may look to try and make a big money move. Uh, Kyle Rudolph gets released from the Vikings. James, not a good day for Kyle's man. Not a good name. No, the, the, the Kyle name. You you may just want to go by your last name for tomorrow. We're going with Russo today, right? Even though it says Kyle on my uh, little name tag right down in the corner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph gets released. I feel like this is a long time coming. They drafted Irv Smith a couple years back. Yeah. Uh, so. This was coming, and he really wasn't a guy that was a factor in any of these games the last couple of years. So he gets released. And last but not least, I heard about this, and I feel like this was already known, but I heard about this as potentially definite that the Steelers will not be bringing back running back James Conner. Uh, yeah, he just – excuse me. He was good in his first season, really wasn't good this past season. As you saw, they tried to work uh, Benny Snell in the lineup a little bit. Yeah. Uh, some other guys as well. Uh, McFarland, I believe his name name is Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. Uh, yeah, not a surprise. You know, we'll see what happens with him if they do look to resign against Steelers are another team that's cap struck and really dealing with the middle of things right now as they look to figure out Ben Roethlisberger's situation. But James, that'll do it for our NFL segment. I know it was long, but again, that that first half, I feel like it needed to be needed to be had. It was long, but it was good, especially when we did the Dak, uh, Dak comparison to every uh, all the other 20 and change teams because we missed the NFC East. <laughs> so, Absolutely, absolutely. But, James, without further ado, we're going to get right into the NBA portion of this edition of Review and Preview. So in NBA news, the Atlanta Hawks have fired their head coach, Lloyd Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, this does not come as a surprise. Atlanta has kind of been – it's kind of been a disappointment this year. I had a lot of high hopes for Atlanta. They stand at the 11th seed right now in the Eastern okay. Conference. Uh, went 11 and – I mean, not 11. Uh, has a 14-20 and 20 record at this moment right now. Uh, they're not a good team, James. They're not a good team. They, they weren't a good team last season when he took over. I believe Nate McMillan, who was on the coaching staff, is taking over as the head coach. And it was actually rumored that Hawks players such as a Trey Young had approved the firing of Pierce, which I actually found kind of interesting, um, especially a young guy in his first two seasons with the head coach is now looking to having players advocate for his firing. So a little bit of surprise there, but Lloyd Pierce moves on and Nate McMillan is back as a head coach in the NFL. What a comment. So big, almost covering the face. Um, yep. 
Um, this is not so great. Faced a very similar scenario in 2019. Lost to starting center David Andrews to blood clots. Lost starting tackle as a win pass won 12 and four with essentially no weapons and made the playoffs. Brady was 42 behind the line. Brady finds ways to win. Dak is good, but Brady has more of an intellectual edge. Can't beat, can't bet against him in any virtual aspect of the game. And again, Tom, my, my response to this is this: is that, and I think we know this as Giants fans as we question it periodically throughout the season. Dak had Jason Garrett. And if you want to defend guys like Daniel Jones and the offense that the Giants put out this season, then your argument would be against Jason Garrett, only hindering the performance of an offense. Uh, that would probably be my argument. Whereas Belichick, yes, I Belichick. Brady had the offense, didn't have the offensive line, but still succeeded. Why? Because he had Belichick as a head coach. I mean, look at – Look at the quarterback carousel within New England this past season. They had Brian Hoyer starting games, Jarrett Stidham, Cam Newton coming off of COVID. They still went, what, 8-8, eight and eight, I think? 7-9? Sure, games because of you know, Bill Belichick. And I'm not, I'm not looking at that Brady-Belichick argument. My argument is Brady all the way. But, again, you see how Belichick is able to do as well. But back on the NBA. Uh, back on the NBA. Uh, the Rockets apparently offered Victor Aldebo a two-year, $45.2 million contract extension, but he declined it. So he will probably look at that free agency come this offseason. One of the rumor teams that he's looking to sign with is the Miami Heat. So we'll see what happens there. The Knicks, the Knicks as well, yeah. The Knicks have been good, man. They might get a superstar this offseason or uh, the next couple offseasons. They're looking good. Looking good. We'll no. talk about that a little bit. Uh, the Rockets. They also announced in other news that they will also retire James Harden's number 13. So hmm. after what happened in January, that could have been a debatable argument, you know, after uh, I'm kind of how he forced himself out of Houston. Yeah. Uh, there might have been an argument for them not necessarily respecting him that much. But uh, to already come out and say that you're looking to retire his number, it shows that, you know, they really respect him as a player and his time and his service in which he had in Houston. So very nice to see for him as well. Yes. Uh, some other NBA news. So, James, I don't know if you saw this, but this was actually this 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 was this touched my heart a little bit as a Heat fan, a little bit. And I know listen, this is not just Heat Central, guys. This is just what's happening in the NBA. It's just a little bit coincidental. So, bit. Jimmy Butler was actually originally chosen to replace Kevin Durant in the All Star game. It wasn't Demontis Sabonis. That wasn't the NBA's first choice. It was Jimmy Butler. Yeah, when Jimmy Butler turned it down. Because he didn't want to play in the All-Star game if Bam Adebayo was not going to be there. So this is why I love Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, everybody says he's a bad teammate. This guy's a team player. I think where Jimmy Butler faltered in his career with some of the other teams is that nobody wanted to work up the same ethic that he had. And I think that's what the Miami Heat embodies, hard work ethic, dog mentality, and all that other good stuff. But, you know, sacrificing a stat on your career, which only so many few players have the ability to accomplish and representing yourself in an all-star game, not being named an all-star now, you know, hindering your own resume. I, I kind of like that for the support of his teammate. Not that I think that's necessarily smart on his behalf, but it shows how good of a teammate he actually is. But uh, just a little side note, footnote there. But James, big stuff coming up this weekend. We got all-star weekend coming up. And I actually just got a tweet. So oh, you got a tweet. I got a tweet. I got to actually – give me a minute. I got to actually find the tweet. But All-Star Weekend is coming up. Man. And right. 
uh, we got a comment here. Hi guys, nice show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Like, like, and subscribe to our page. Yep. Make sure to follow that at Review and Preview. Um, so I just got a tweet, James. For the All Star Game, the NBA three point contestants have been announced. It's going to be Stephen Curry, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, and Zach Levine. Oh, James. Perfect. Perfect. No, those are the guys that have withdrawn. So, so Damian Lillard actually withdrew his name. Oh. He, he withdrew his name. So he's originally supposed to be in it. He withdrew his name. So he's not going to be in it anymore. So that is the official tweet uh, by Shams. He's tweeted that the NBA All-Star three-point contestants will be Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, Zach Levine. Interesting. So those are the guys that will com- be competing in the three-point contest this weekend. Now in other news, the dunk contest, James. This is the one that everybody loves. Everybody loves the one that makes the most noise that you glue your eyes to the TV. Program. Oh, yeah, that's why they say the best for last, right? So in this year's dunk contest, will be Obi Ten, New York Knicks rookie, Anfrey Simmons, Simons, mm-hmm. I believe I'm saying that correctly, uh, of the Portland Trailblazers, and Cassius Stanley of the Indiana Pacers. For those of you that do not know Cassius Stanley, look up his name and look at Duke highlights. Specifically, his dunks. He is an absolute juggernaut, the air that he has. That should be very interesting to see. But Zion Williamson. Why is he in that? It's a little depressing. Zion Williamson has announced that he will not be in the dunk competition this year. A little sad to see. A little sad to see. He's competing right now. He's an all-star. He's looking to save his body, not necessarily hurt himself. As the New Orleans Pelicans look to get back into the playoffs. As they sit three games out of the eighth spot, or four games right out of the eighth spot, so he's focused on the bigger, more important things. As he's having career numbers right now in his second year, he's absolutely phenomenal. But Zion will not be in the dunk contest. Sad. In the skills competition, only two names, James. If I heard uh, of you from anything else, but Robert Covington of the Portland Trailblazers and Julius Randle of the Knicks will be in the skills competition this year. Um, I haven't heard anybody else's name. I haven't heard either. Um, but you know what? The Knicks have a lot of players in either the game. Well, I think they have one in the game, but they got a lot of players in the all-star break uh, yeah. contests and shows. So, hey, listen, Knicks are pushing, push, pushing the right buttons right now. Yes, they are. They're doing the right thing. Leon Rose has definitely helped them out a lot. Um, so the rest of the names for some of like the contest and the Skills competition have not been announced yet, and, and we'll see in the coming days as the weekend does approach, as it's already Tuesday. We'll see what happens if the dunk contest is missing one more player, and the skills competition, I believe, is missing another six or so players. So we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. But there's in other NBA news, and this was a little mm-hmm. – excuse me. Wow. You, you good over there? Yeah, you know what it is? Talking so much, but it's getting a little more. But okay. It's okay. Uh, this, is I'm trying my this is the hustle. This is the grind right now, James. We're we're in the we're in the we're in the thick of things right now. So we just got to keep on talking it out for these next All half right. an hour and give the give the people something to subscribe to and something to love watch and you know sit back on the couch and enjoy. Um, but in other NBA news, and this was, was just incredible how bad a team can actually be. So the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Asked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise for the worst winning percentage 
in the history of American sports. Wow. That's you know how bad you have to be? You have to bad. Well, what are they like? What do they have? Like five ones? No, no games. No, I'm not talking. I'm not about season. I'm talking about entirety of the franchise. Of the they fran- have the worst. They have the worst winning percentage in their existence now in Amer- uh, American sports. The worst winning percentage Oof. in American sports. Not a good look. Feel bad for Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I love him a lot, and he's gone through some rough, rough times last year with the COVID stint, his mom passing away. Uh, he lost a couple other people as well. So hopefully he – I hope he can get on a new team because he's a really good player, and I don't want to see him uh, not go to waste but lose some of his years on a team that has now the worst winning percentage in American sports. you got to be bad to do that. you got to be really bad to do that. That's, that's bad. That's, that's yeah. bad, bad. That's really bad. But, James, we're going to move on, and what would what would – what would a New York show be without not talking about the Knicks and not talking about the Nets? So we're going to quickly talk about the Nets and Knicks right now. So, James, the Knicks have been a shock. And yeah, yeah. a shock to you specifically because you, oh, yeah. uh, you, you gave them a lot of a, – a lot of you didn't cut them any slack, man. You, you went right at the jugular with your team. I did. But you know what? It's motivated them, man. I mean, they beat my 12 wins. I think last week we were talking about their, like, 17 wins. I could be completely wrong from last week. A lot been busy over the last few days. So don't even remember what I had for breakfast today. Um, but, yeah, they've been looking pretty good. And now – and I don't know if you guys seen videos. Since they're allowed fans back in to MSG and stuff. But some of these fans come out pumped. Yeah, they like that. They actually I mean, unfortunately, you can't have like. Like, say me and Kyle go, because I'm not a season ticket holder. And I don't think Kyle was either. But, no, you know, for some for some of those season ticket holders, they enjoy going to the game because it's not it's not terrible. I mean, am I wrong or am I right? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But it's it's definitely pumped them up. And James, actually, since last Tuesday's show, they lost that night. Um to the Golden State Warriors in, a, in kind of a crushing defeat. They lost 114 to 106. But, James, since that point, they're on a three-game win streak. Nice. Uh, win on Thursday against the Sacramento Kings, 140 to 121. Win on Saturday against the Pacers, which was an impressive win, 110 to 107. And then a win against the Detroit Pistons this past Sunday, 109 to 90. And now they actually play the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio at – 8.30, so 20, a little under 25 minutes, 23 minutes to be exact. So nice. this is a great team, man, and they've finally eclipsed the 500 mark there at 18 and 17 right now on the season. They stand in the Eastern Conference. James, fourth in the Eastern Conference. You had them winning 12 games in their fourth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. They've been good. They've been good. When I heard when I saw that news, I think yesterday or Sunday, whenever it came out, um, they're fourth in the Eastern Conference. I'm like, wow. And they're heading into the All-Star break with potentially w- going to be a few games over 500, sitting fourth. Having the break might be helpful. Um, you know, rejuvenate something, play around a few things. A few of your teammates are going to the All-Star game, All-Star events. You know, that that may carry this team, you know, to they might make the playoffs. 
Uh, listen, at this point, at this rate, they will be in the playoff race. You know, are they going to be contenders necessarily? No, but the all-star break is among us, and we'll see what happens in the front office, whether they decide to pull the trigger on a move and see if they could add to this team that's already put themselves mm-hmm. in a good position to compete further down the line. And speaking of a team that's in a good position to compete, James, the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, yes. The Brooklyn Nets, they have won. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine out of their last ten games. Nine out of their last ten games, and they only lost amongst those games was to Dallas. And in that game, they didn't have Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. So, well, Kevin Durant really hasn't been playing many games. Michael, no, he's been out for a long time now. I'm gonna, I'll give you the exact date because um, I remember him being with. His protocols, it feels like almost a month now. Kevin Durant has not played since February 13th against the Golden State Warriors, last team he played against. So it's been, it's been, and it'll be close to, a, it'll be a month by the time he comes back because you've got to remember he's not playing in the rest of the games before All Star break and he's yep. sitting out the entirety of All Star break. And when they come back, it'll be like March 14th. So it'll be about a month that he missed. But you know what? They don't need him. They stand second place in the Eastern Conference right now. 23 and 13. When he comes back healthy, they're going to be an even better team than they already were, as they yep. only sit half game back of number one behind the Philadelphia 76ers right now. So, Brooklyn, again, last week, James, I think they're the best team in the league. Again, they need a little bit of defensive help, need a, need a decent amount of rebounding help. Yep. Somebody I liked last night, I watched the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Claxton off the bench, the center for him, he dropped. 17 points in 17 minutes center for them. So that's definitely nice to see as that was one of their more uh, lacking positions. But they win that game in overtime last night against the Spurs. So good stuff. Listen, for a long time, and James, you know this as a New Yorker, we have been, I guess you'd say, deprived of, of a lot of good winning teams. And I think for the first time in a while, we'd say almost across the board that every New York team is in a really good position right now. For the most part, for the most part. For, for the most part, yeah, I would I would happen to agree. And you know what? If the Nets keep playing the way they do, when us non-season ticket holders are able to go to a game, I might have to go to the game at MSG for the Knicks. And then I'd never, to be honest, you, uh, you can ask any of my friends. We decided we're not going back to the Barclays. But listen, if the Nets are playing pretty well next season, I might have to take a – trip to the Barclays Center to watch them, too. Listen, for for, for a basketball game, yeah, you, you yeah. just go up. I've been to – I've never even been to MSG before. I've only been to Nets games. So, they – very, very nice stadium. Uh, obviously, fantastic basketball team. Uh, only seen the Nets play. Never seen the Knicks play in person. But the Nets have something to watch right now, James. They do. They definitely mm-hmm. do. But moving on, we have some MLB talk. Ooh, MLB. Uh, some MLB stuff, James. Uh, hmm. So this recently came out. I think this came out today. So Mickey Calloway. Uh, oh, uh-oh. He was formerly with the, yeah, he was formerly with the Indians, uh, managed the Mets, I think, for two years. Yeah, something like now, that. And was now on the Angels staff, I want to say. So yes. he got into uh, some trouble for behavior that he had back in 2017. And I believe this year as well. And it was recently stated that the Indians did know about this behavior, 
when it happened back in 2017. That's so nice. it's just it's it's a terrible, terrible, terrible situation. Should have been fired right then and there. I'm saying yeah. that's nice. I just want to make a review clear. Sarcastically. Sarcastically. Yeah, start sarcastically. I'm not saying that that's nice. Like, oh, you know, it's all sarcastic. If you guys would see see the facial expression I'm doing, it's completely sarcastic because it's just disgusting on what he yeah. did. And now hearing the organization was holding information from the rest of the league or whatever is also disgusting. Kind of hoping the league takes some sort of action towards the organization and be like, listen, you knew about this. Why Why wasn't any discipline held accountable? And Sal, Sal, you read my mind to you, buddy. Cleveland should be punished. I agree with you. There should be no reason. There should be no, If you knew about that, you got to let people know. At least the league know. Figure something out. But, yeah, Cleveland should be punished, whether it be a fine, I, you know, whatever. However they work that stuff out, but Cleveland should be punished. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, you know obviously we talk about the league, but – Look at the Mets, for instance, right? The, the Indians let them hire this guy as their manager, knowing this type of information. So, yeah, Not which is also, you know, disappointing as being a Mets fan. But, you know, if Cleveland knew, Cleveland should have came out. And then South, another wire. Now they, they put him on, uh, they put him on leave, which basically leave. is a, a nice way of, of firing a guy. All right. Yeah. Like a no timetable type of leave. Uh, so. It's the it's a nice way of letting somebody go, I guess you could say. We got any good MLB news other than that disgusting news? <sighs> Not really, man. You know, spring training has come underway. Oh, right? that, that's some pretty good news. That's that good stuff. Is, that's some pretty good news, but nothing, nothing, you know, severe. Nothing, nothing really breaking, right. breaking news. But yes, the spring training has taken underway, and you know, James, we'll get into our. Favorite New York teams right here and now, and we'll start it off with your Mets. And I know that you've been very, very busy over the course of these last couple of days. So we'll just talk about them briefly. But James, anything that you've personally caught in the last couple of days from what you've been able to see potentially from your I, Mets? I do know Stroman pitched today. Um, from what I've read and saw, he looked pretty good, um, which is nice to see considering he wasn't. He took the year off last year because of the COVID, uh, the COVID stuff, and. Every you know that was the league's decision of doing, and nobody was penalized for it. Um, so it's gl- I'm glad to see, even though it was his first out, and glad he glad to see him pitching well. Um, it was actually the first game the S and Y booth I wasn't able to catch it. Gary Keith and Ron was able to call the game, so that was nice um, to at least hear their voices when I saw some of the recaps. Um, but listen, I'm looking forward to what the Mets have this season. Uh, they won against I think they played Houston today. Um, two nothing. They lost yesterday to Miami. But listen, a lot of these spring training games, Kyle. Me and you both know, especially early on, you're not going to see your veterans. You're not going to see your starters. And if you do, you're only going to see them for an inning or two. Um, but it's nice to see that baseball is back underway. Um, considering um, how it ended, how this time last year was all up in the air. Um, yeah, spring training started and. You know, unfortunately, next week's going to be that year period where everything got put on hold. Sal says McCann, major improvement behind the plate. Showed I, it today. I thought that was a great, great acquisition instead of uh, breaking the bank uh, breaking the bank for a real motel. I thought that was a great acquisition. Yeah. I believe it came over from the White Sox. So, yeah, I think you guys have set a catcher for a while, and that, that that's been a that's been a questionable position, James, as you know, for a long time, you know, with yeah. uh, Ramos or Darno or whatever it's been. 
it's been a revolving door back there. Yeah, but uh, Jeff McNeil hitting in today, and uh, Al Mora, who was your center fielder, who you brought over from Chicago. Yep. So it looks like he potentially can compete for a center field option, and we'll see what happens there because I know that's also a questionable position for the Mets yeah. right now. But switching gears into the Yankees, so the Yankees also played today. Uh, they beat the Baltimore Orioles. Excuse me, Orioles four to two. It's mm-hmm. impressive performances today. You had um, you had Luke Voigt get an RBI. You had Mike Ford uh, DH today. He had two RBIs. The pitching was impressive. Uh, Jordan Montgomery looked decent today. You know these are these are spring training games. They're, they're not. Yeah. Too much to get too happy for, but it's exciting to see that baseball is back underway. They played yesterday against Detroit, um, won that game five to four. I know, uh, I believe his name was Gittins, hit a grand slam yesterday. Unbelievable moonshot over center field. They have a wall out in center field at Steinbrenner Field uh, down in Tampa, I believe it is. Absolute bomb in the center field. But again, these I don't think these guys are necessarily going to make the opening day roster. But Gary Sanchez. He's getting his bat on the ball, hit a home run as nice. well today in that game. Good to see because, again, and James, you know, being a baseball fan yourself, you could advocate for this as well, seeing that, you know, Gary Sanchez two, three years ago was back in 2017 or something like that, was one of the ascending players in baseball. Forget about catcher-wise, one of the ascending players in baseball. Yeah. Uh, and one of the best catchers in baseball offensively. Defensively struggled a little bit, but his offense being so good, that didn't necessarily matter. Um, but we'll see what happens because I believe opening day, James, do we know the start of opening day for just, just in general? I don't know, but you know what? Give me two seconds and I'll fi- figure it out. James, we'll give you two seconds. Opening day 2021. Let's see what they say. They give me spring training. Uh, April 1st, it's saying. Major League, uh, this was reported February 11th of this year. Major wow. League Baseball on Thursday announced the game times for the for its Masters 2020. One regular season schedule, which will begin with all 30 major league clubs playing on opening day on Thursday, April 1st. Love to hear it. So about a month away, exactly a month away until baseball is underway. Yes. Now, James, switching gears for the last time, the last 11 minutes right now that we got of this show, 12 minutes that we got left of this show, we're going to talk some hockey. And before we get into our New York teams, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about some breaking news. Um, Sidney Crosby, one of the faces of the NHL, is now on the COVID list. Mm. Uh, I believe Pittsburgh is a team that's had some that's had some COVID problems. I always mess up co- uh, Pittsburgh and Boston, but I know that Boston. I, is I, I think well. it's the similar colors. Yeah, obviously, yes, the golden, the golden, the black. But yeah, yeah uh, Sidney Crosby is now on the COVID list, and not knowing a timetable necessarily of his return should be, I would assume, back within a week or two but we'll see what happens there. Um, yep, we'll see what happens. Yeah, hopefully it's, it's, hopefully yep. it's okay, speedy recovery, and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, and some other NHL news, I know that uh, Ottawa Senators, former Ranger, Derek Stepan, mm-hmm. uh, center for them, he, I believe he dislocated his shoulder. He's out for the remainder of the season. Yeah, Senators. Have struggled a lot this season, so definitely a big loss veteran for that team and probably one of their best players on that team uh, at this point in time. So not a good situation. But, James, for the remainder 
of this time, as there really has not been so much noise across the NHL right now. Let's talk about the New York Rangers first, and then we'll cap it off with the Islanders, right? So the New York Rangers, again, we talked about it last week. They've now become an interesting team to evaluate because of the situation that they're in right now. Yep. They're just getting, I believe, a guy back tonight in Filipino. They're actually playing Buffalo right now. They're leading three to one. I mean, Buffalo is very nice to see. That's his third of the season. Buffalo's not very good. Chris Crowder's got a goal. Pavel Buchnevich has a goal as well. So very impressive. Very impressive. Even though Buffalo's not so much of a great team, it's good to see them get back on track because, again, they have been struggling, James. As we know, they have been struggling. Uh, they had lost three of the last two of the last three games, which right. yep. an ugly loss against Boston and a bad loss against Philadelphia. Um, they did beat Boston the first time around when they uh, they played them on Friday. They beat them in a six-two victory, lost to them on Sunday, four-to-one. But now leading Buffalo right now in the second period with about eight minutes left. Uh, I think we split the Boston series. Let's see where they're at right now, Tom. So they have, oh. James, you're leaving me on the spot right now. Okay. It's the Kyle show, ladies and gentlemen, for the last 10 minutes of the show. All right. So Buffalo right now, Buffalo has four stars, four stars. Sal, elaborate. I know they got Jack Eichel on there. I know they have Rasmus Stalin. Uh, who else do they got on that lineup? Mark Poso's falling off. Jeff Skinner does he even play anymore right now. I don't even know. Elaborate a little bit for me in the comments section, Sal. Um, but let's see, Tom. Boston, you think they split the series? They lost the first two matchups to Boston. Uh, then they won the third. They lost the fourth. So right now they're down one three in the series against Boston. So you think they come back and win the next two? Interesting. Interesting. And both those games are at Boston, Tom. So we'll see what happens there. I don't know if they necessarily split the series. That but Boston's a great team. They're a great team for a very long time. As long as they got guys like uh, I meant the last two games. Yeah, uh, let's let's see what happens. I mean, a team with David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, um, Marshawn, Tuka Rask. I know they got Yaroslav Halak in there. Uh, I know the defense has kind of faltered a little bit this season. That's kind of been one of their weaker stances, but we'll see what happens. You know, again, when come the rain again, we're going to get into it a little bit right now. The Rangers are just in an interesting predicament. There's no real standard right now at this moment in time because. They they've kind of and I had the expectations high for this team as James returns. Sorry, I had something my all, all day and it was just no. It's okay. It's okay. So I had to get it out. You do that in the beginning of the show, unacceptable. But last couple minutes, it's fine. <laughs> um, they're in an interesting predicament because they're they're having a lot of success from some of these guys that are younger and they get to flourish a little bit. But what is this mm-hmm. going to mean going forward? Because some of the veterans that should be succeeding or not, right? Zavenager is having an off-season. Panarin, we know the situation. No timetable for his return. Heedle's a young guy. He's back. That's going to help them tremendously at the center position. Uh, Rasmus, I forgot about Taylor Hall as well. Reinhardt, yeah. Well, Taylor Hall is on a one-year deal. He's in a – I think he's on a free contract. I don't really see him returning. But Buffalo is Buffalo. Buffalo is just not great for some reason. They're not cashing in on all these good players that you've alluded to. So they're just not. Uh, but back to the Rangers, again, they're in an interesting predicament because all these standards, all these bars that we had set for them, they just necessarily haven't succeeded in a shortened season. Again, can they turn it around? 
Absolutely. But it's going Absolutely. to take a lot of wins. It's going to take a lot of wins because right now they have 17 points on the season. And that leaves them eight points out of the fourth spot right now in the East, which would get them into the playoffs. Eichel wants out. I've heard the Rangers tied to that, potentially with a Zibanejad trade, but I think that Zibanejad has just played so poorly this season. I don't know how you can necessarily put him on the same platform that Eichel was mm-hmm. on at the time. We'll see what happens there. I don't know if Buffalo gets rid of him, as he is, I believe, the face of their franchise at this point in time, knowing that Taylor Hall's on a one-year deal. I don't see them thrown overboard yet. But back with the Rangers, again, once you lose a guy in Panarin, uh, it's going to be very difficult to succeed with no timetable of return. I don't know necessarily what the expectations are at this point in the season. Those questions at the head coaching position, what does that necessarily mean? The goalies haven't really been great. Shesterkin has been okay. Gorgiev has not been great. We'll see what happens with them. Right, The defenses look decent, right? Keandre Miller's yeah. Andrew Miller's been great. Keandre uh, Miller, I think, is one of the cornerstone pieces of this defense. Truba's been out, who's supposed to be the leader on defense. Uh, Lindgren, uh, is Brian Lindgren has been good defensively. I know they have a guy, Kratzov, I believe his name is, coming up next year on the defensive side of things. But again, the Rangers right now, the mentality is next man step up because that's kind of what they've been forced into doing. Some of these younger guys that should have had time to uh, – should have had coach reported Panarin skating while on leave. Again, but we'll see. Again, Sal, with a, with a short season, they've played – this will be 20 games in the season in a 56 so, or 54, wow. 34. Game Something like that. Panarin returns, is that even going to make a difference if he doesn't return for another month or so? If well, he I mean, if, if they win, if they keep winning by – Yeah, if they keep winning, but right now they're – But right now, no, it, it, it may not impact them at all, you know. Yeah, um, if he does come back, they may be like, "All right, we're already so far out of it, or they're out of it." They may be like, "All right, we'll just hold them off until next season, you know, keep them healthy and all that stuff." But yeah, but right now they stand at a record of seven, nine, and three as they lead. Uh, is the guy on D the guy you mentioned is a scoring winner? Yeah, Kratzoff makes them up. I know the Rangers got an unbelievable farm system, and uh, they're one of the. I think they're the youngest team in the NHL right now. So a lot of young talent and to develop. Uh, I don't want to say throw this year away, but you know I wouldn't be so necessarily disappointed about it, knowing that you have so many young guys that this necessarily right now isn't the final product in which you have out on the ice. So, but we'll see what happens. I think the biggest question mark will be the coaching position, as John Davidson loves uh, loves the coach David Quinn, and I don't think really you could really blame David Quinn. He's been kind of been dealt a bad hand this year. You know Panarin being out. Uh, the goaltender's not necessarily playing up to par. Truba now being out. Hedl now coming back after missing a month and a half. Zabanajed not performing well. All those things you can't blame the coach on. You blame for the line changes and not necessarily build chemistry. But again, when you have your stars out like that, your stars not performing at that level, you can't blame them when the rookies necessarily aren't coming through for you. Of Especially when the stars are coming through for you. But James, to wrap us up right now, we're going to talk about the Islanders. We're going to talk about the Islanders as they are now in the second period right now of their matchup against the Jersey Devils. With about six minutes left in the second period, the tied score is at 0-0. Zero to zero. Okay. Jersey's out shooting the Islanders 17-11 to 11 right now in this game. Talk to me about our Islanders, James. Talk to me our about Islanders, them. man. So they had a tough little weekend from the last time we talked. Um, they played Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
Pittsburgh. Like yeah. me and Kyle were getting them confused before they played Pittsburgh. Um, so they played Pittsburgh when they played Pittsburgh. They, they played, played Pittsburgh them Thursday. No, they, they played, played Boston on Thursday. They yes, beat Boston on Thursday seven and two. That was a great game. That was a great game. That was a nice win. Um, then they lost. Then they were home against Pittsburgh. They lost in overtime three to four. That that was kind of crushing. It seems considering we go to overtime, and then the Penguins just scored. Uh, defenseman scored goal wins in 26 seconds left in openers. Yeah, yeah, so so that hurts. Then we play them again Sunday at home. We completely shut them down. Uh, we got the win two nothing. We we actually shoot ten more goals than they do thirty to twenty. Um, Sorokin makes twenty saves in this game, and he gets a shutout. So rookie gets second straight shutout. Yeah. And Wallstrom has been looking very good um, as well. That's that's the reports I've been seeing, and that's what I've been reading. Wallstrom has come into his own. And I think even last week I was seeing stuff and reading stuff that, that if Wallstrom is able to contribute and score, watch out. And yeah. look at that. He His name gets called in either you know on fan pages or whatnot, and he's stepping up to the plate. So that's good to see. Um so they won. They're at the Devils right now. They see Buffalo on Thursdays and then Saturday. Wow, we see Buffalo Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. So, so if we win tonight, that would be a nice long winning streak for this team to to kind of regroup and not regroup, but get things going again for them. Um, so they've been looking good. They've been having their ups and downs like every other team, but I like what I've seen out of them. And it's nice to see Sorokin getting into the groove of winning, getting in the groove of against a Pittsburgh team that's a very strong team, able to shut the blank them, yeah. you know, um, which is nice to see for him as well as such a young go, young no, goalie. Absolutely. And the Islanders going to the March, uh, the month of March, a very, I don't want to say favorable first half, but a, uh, a decent first half as they enter tonight yeah. playing the Devils. They play their next three games against Buffalo play one game against Boston and then play their next three matchups on that point up until Sunday, March the 14th uh, against the Devils as well. If they win, it's the Devils. We'll see what happens, right? Anything on any given occasion, right? I mean, we've seen, we've seen teams like the Ottawa Senators shut out a Toronto Maple Leafs team, right? One of the best teams in the NHL get shut out by one of the worst teams in the NHL. It happens. Any given that could be something strange, but you shut out, you 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 hold Sidney Crosby quiet in a in a two nothing victory against the Islanders. You put up seven goals uh, against, I believe it was it was Yaroslav Halak, but still yep. seven goals against a Boston team. Anything could happen on any given night. We'll see what happens because the Devils have been again. They're another young team, and they haven't been that impressive, but they're a good enough team where they could put some wins together this season. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens. And James, yes. any last words before I wrap it up here? Because my throat is about to give out, brother. It, it was a good show. I enjoyed your little quarterback thing. You were telling me before we went live, and I was like, "All right, let's let's see what he has for me." And you know, I I like that. Um, and it's actually, and I know how many Knicks were going into the All Star break on the All Star team, so yeah. or in the All Star competition. So it was nice to see. Um, Sarusa, Kyle, it was fun. It's fun with you tonight, like like every Tuesday. So, James, this is the the third week in a row. Just me and you, bud. Always a good yep. time, as always. 
But that'll do it for this edition of Review and Preview. On behalf of myself and James Montefusco, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in, all of those that have commented in the comment section. Like, subscribe. Make sure to keep on following this page. Tune in every Tuesday. Other shows on the program as well. The 3 and D podcast with Paul Lombardi on Monday. If you're a big college basketball fan, a big NBA fan, make sure to tune into that as well. As well as other shows that we got on the rise as well as the Big Blue Avenue looks to make its return soon. Uh, Don't know a notable time yet, but we'll see what happens there. And, you know, from behalf of myself and James Montefusco, you know, great show, guys. Great show, James. I really do appreciate you being on with me. And uh, Stephen Wilson, we'll be back next week. And, James, I don't want to – I'm not going to surprise you, but next week we're going to have a whole NFL free agency show. That's going to be – that's going to be the sticking point with next week's show is that is one of the biggest things coming up as we do enter NFL free agency. Uh, March 17th, it's on a Wednesday, I believe. Our show is next week. Uh, I want to say we got it's March 9th, March 9th. So March 9th. So we're going to preview it the week before because a lot of guys kind of signed before that official starting point. So we're going to preview a little bit. That way we get ahead of the game before uh, it's more just a discussion of what already happened. So we will see you guys next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night, everybody.